Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode 27-something, and it's Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? The podcast is late. Yes, it's late. How do I know it's late? Because I'm recording it late, therefore it will be posted late, and that's how I know. That's how I know. Sometimes I might record it two days in advance and still post it late, and I won't anticipate it, but this is a guaranteed certainty it's late, because I'm recording this after the time I'd have usually have posted it. But oh well, what you gonna do? You gonna complain to the podcast ombudsman? No, you're not. No, you're not. All right, you're just gonna shut up and listen to the pod and enjoy yourself. All right. Okay. First and foremost, how you been doing? <laughs> How's your week been? My week. Um, been okay. We've had the two days off for the jubilee. Um, I've watched. I watched zero of it. Didn't. Didn't know what was going on what day. Didn't care. Didn't care to care. Didn't care to be upset by anything. You know, people posting their, uh, I guess their anti-monarchy stuff. Um, I don't care. I don't care. I've accepted the days off. I've signed the deal. Okay, I've signed the deal to not care too much if you give me the days off. Actually, I say I didn't do anything. I lied. I actually did go out for both days of the Jubilee. I just realised that. I went to, uh, went to Hartford. For one, just time to do the day before uh, my cousin, fiance, and co- cousin, his fiance, and uh, their daughter came over. And then, um, so we did that. That was in Hartford. I had some mini Dutch pancakes. Really patriotic. <laughs> That's that was what I wanted from the stall. Then we went to a restaurant and ate. Uh, and then Friday we went to Hitchin where they had a carnival. Um, and it was this kind of Brazilian multi-instrumental band who could just play music from all different uh, backgrounds and genres. So it started off sounding like reggae, then it started sounding Indian. And I was like, nah, fair enough, you're trying to represent all of the Commonwealth. Why not? I mean, it's better sounding music, right? No offence, but it just is from around the world. Uh, yes, I did that, and then on Friday went to uh, Wahala, performed at the Indigo O2 for the second time. Um, if you don't know, I said the first time I didn't enjoy myself because my time got cut short. So you know, you kind of took the shine of it. Where this time I was like, it's not going to get cut short. I know it's not, and it didn't. Uh, Clash Kazim, um, who is my sparring partner when it comes to these clashes uh, i won this time in london he won last time in london and listen when it comes to these clashes the person who wins if you do it properly it's just who's got the most people in the crowd all right that's all it is so the most people in the crowd and this time around there's more jamaicans in the crowd than africans so i won but um it was good it was fun it was a weird one though like i think was, me and kazim said before it's like yeah i'm not sure if i'm gonna do the clash anymore after this one, I mean, we don't, we don't even go in that hard on, you know, on Africa or he goes in that hard on Jamaica. But um, that just for me, it just doesn't sit right with me, you know. I mean, it, that was a case before and this was a stepping stone, I suppose. Um, but it's just, yeah, it just doesn't really sit right with me. Um, I mean, it, it is pure banter and it's not in a, I don't think I said anything 
that I wouldn't say to any of my uh, non-comedian African friends as banter. So, you know, it's all good. But I guess what happens is when these things get... In it, I guess it, it's an inside joke. It's a family joke, right? In the sense of, you know, Africans, Caribbeans, we're, we're family. We're joking. It's, it's an in-house joke. It's like if you call your, your little brother a name, it's funny. But then someone not from the family calls him a name. It's not funny, right? That's how I see it. But, um, but obviously, as these things get bigger, there's people in the crowd that aren't part of the family. Now, that isn't what happened yesterday, to be fair. It was very, very family-oriented. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think... To, yeah, to... Who knows banter just to you know, be screaming about stereotypes on stage when I think my comedy is uh, about breaking stereotypes and... Or exposing different stereotypes that people have never thought of, you know? But um, that's that's what that's why I like my comedies being. I think with this, it's re- for the jokes to work, you have to rely on, you know, very typical stereotypes. Although my best joke from the night had no real stereotype to it at all. Um, and I'll tell you it right now, tell you on the pod. Um, and I said to... Because Kazim's expecting a child... Um, in September and I said that he's went to go to get check to see whether he's given his missus a boy or a girl and the results came back to find out that he'd given her monkeypox and that was the joke that uh that made everyone laugh a lot <laughs> but um, but yeah there you go but yeah, nothing I'm done with it. And I tell you what, it is a crazy thing. It's a bit of like divine intervention, right? So I was on the train to the gig. And um, and he's the maddest conversation I had, right? So I imagine I'm getting on the train, on Jubilee Line, heading towards North Greenwich, heading towards the O2. And um, I see this black guy talking to these middle-aged white women. And he taps me on... I can see they're having banter. But I can tell they don't know each other. And he taps me on the shoulder. And he said, hey, he whispers to me, say you don't know anyone. Say, say you don't know. And then he asked me a question. Hey, do you know anyone who lives in Portsmouth? And I was like, um, I do. <laughs> and he said, no. and he, was like, he looked at me like, I told you not to, to say no. And I was like, but I, I do. I do know someone who lives in Portsmouth. He's, he's a black guy. He lives in Portsmouth. Um, and be fair, I probably could have lied at that point. I didn't know what they were talking about. All right? But, you know, if I lie and then this goes all weird and I'm stuck in a lie, having to back a lie, I'm like, eh, I don't know you. So then I put my headphones in. And he taps me again. And he says, oi, oi. He goes, and he looks at me as if to answer this one correctly. He goes, would you be offended? If I called you a nigger. And I was like, what? He goes, would you be offended if I called you a nigger? I was like, yes. Yes, I would. Yes, 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 I I, I would. I would. And he was just like, oh. and then the woman was like, yeah, see, told you. And he's like, oh, bro. This is black guy, by the way. So he's like, and I'm like, what? What do you want? What do you want me to say? And then I put my headphones in and he taps me again. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the conversation. And he's like, oh, why did you, um, 
like why did you do, why why didn't you back me and I was like mate I don't know what you was talking about who you was talking to uh, so I just told the truth in it and he's like nah you're not a real G and so I'm like why do I want to be a real G I'm 34 I'm married I've got a kid and he's just like no I don't mean like G is in gangster I mean you know and I was like what he goes no just he goes ah oh, oh. he goes I'm detecting the accent and I was like oh I was rolling my eyes and okay. Then um, there goes so if my it's my black credentials being uh, questioned right now then. And he's just like and he kind of goes look, I'm saying okay look, he goes I'm, he goes listen when it comes to these things here, who are you backing? You backing us? Or you backing them? And I was like what things are you talking about mate? You're on the train. Talking to some randoms. I don't I don't know what I'm backing here. And then he goes, nah, man. He goes, he goes, nah, he just, he, you're just not real. And I go, he is not real. I go, listen, you don't know me, yeah? And he, goes, he goes, listen, you don't know me. I go, and you come to a random black guy on a train full of white people and you ask me in front of these white people whether I'd be offended by being called a nigger. Now, you, you could have called me anything. You could have done anything to prove your blackness or prove our kinship. And you use that word in front of these people. And I go, what? what? You go, you got to ask yourself, why did you pick that word? Out of all the ways to bond with me, you picked that. And then he goes, no, but it's not that word. Like, do you know what a negus is? I was like, yeah, Ethiopian for king. But I go, that's not what it is, though, is it? I go, you can't reclaim a word that wasn't ours. I go, you didn't call me your negus. You called me a nigger. And he's just like, and he goes, look, bro, we can carry this on, but you're going to lose. And I was like, I've, okay, fine, you win then, big lad, you win. I go, have a good day, innit? And then as I was about to get off, the, I was, I'm looking at track, all right, I'm, my stop's the next stop, have a good day, innit? Then he goes, bro, bro? He's like, yep. And he goes, I'm not going to lie, you dropped some bars. <laughs> I was like, this guy's an idiot. I went, you're an idiot. And he just started laughing. I was like, ah, waterfall. I mean, so, the funny thing is, do you know you talk to someone for a really short amount of time? And you're like, in any other circumstance, I think I would have liked this guy. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't dislike the guy. Um, I think he made me laugh because he did admit at the end, he was like, it was wrong. But I was like, that's mad. And I was on the way to this buddy culture class where I'm now just about to just drop stereotypes about Africans. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not congruent in my head. How can I be giving speeches about uh, unity? And then I uh, go on stage and start chatting about stereotypes, you know? So, yeah. You know, it just left me in a, fun- in a funny place. I mean, I- I'd still performed well though I won my class, but I'm just saying. Um, made me have a-, a think a think about a think about something I was already thinking about. So, yeah, well, that's where I am. That's where I am with that. Uh, and then Saturday, chilled out. Well, I say chilled out. I was hungover, bloody hungover, mate. Really hungover. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what happened Saturday. Um, really hungover, and then um, then Naomi. It was Naomi's turn to go out. So it was just me and Zadie at home. Uh, Naomi went to festival. It was the Four Corners festival. Four Corners Festival, where um, where someone tried to draw the hood out of her. You know, she's a she's 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 a reformed woman. 
<laughs> she's she's a she's, you know married woman with with a kid now, so she's she's left the hood behind. But sometimes, sometimes it just people draw it out of you, don't they? You know, you're just trying to be a better person. They just draw it out of you with their nonsense. And she had to just calm herself down. I think she even told the person, you're lucky I had things to lose. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my that's my hood wife. That's <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for the world. But, um, yeah, that's... Um, but she needs... I always joke to her. She needs to stop going to these hood raves. Yeah, this rave was in St. Albans, but it was everyone from, from Northwest. Northwest, West on the came out. I mean, she keeps going to these hood raves. You're going to get hood people. going to pull out your hood tendencies. Just, you know, go, go, somewhere, go somewhere up market, you know? Oh, I'm joking. I don't like anywhere up market, really. Um, I like just to... Uh, get hammered and that to fall as much as the next person so um yes that's where she was sat that night so i was in uh watching the boys the boys is back on amazon i've watched two and a half episodes haven't watched the final episode yet um yeah did that and then daughter's just going through this stupid new leap developmentally where she um like i said she doesn't crawl she bum shuffles um, but she can she can jump from a bum shuffling position now. She can spring herself off the floor. That's her new thing. She's now hopping like she's really just launching herself forward. Um, which seems she seems to love doing. And she's got this new thing added to that where she just kind of plays dead. She just lays face first on the floor and just plays dead. And she seems to really enjoy doing this just before bed. Almost launching herself out of the cots and then just pratting about. And I was like, you're annoying. You're, you're being a very annoying child right now. But um, from speaking to my um, older sister and my mum, apparently that's exactly what I did as a kid. <laughs> As a baby, just before I'd go to bed, I would just go batshit mental. It was like just the last surge of energy, just getting it out. Now, apparently, we would just go crazy. And then it would be like, right, now I'm tired. Got it all out of my system. Now I'm tired. Okay, I'm going to sleep now. Cheers, guys. Happy to have wasted your time. And, um... So yeah, so it's I think it was Stav who said this on on the ESN pod that everything you dislike in your child is from you. <laughs> I, I can't say he's lying. I mean I don't dislike it with, with a child, but just anything I look at like where the hell is this from? What is this? You just take a little brief view like no that's no that's me no, that, that's and that's something I would do. No fair enough. <laughs> yeah that seems like my kind of trait all right i see that like this child like Naomi can't stand the fact that this child can't be told anything i was like oh i know someone who's pretty strong-willed 
bit hard-headed. Hey, hmm? my way or the highway. I know someone who's a bit like that. Pointing no fingers. So yeah, so that's just how it goes with these kids. But um, on Sunday, I played football. Kick about. Seven aside with comedians. And I fucked myself up. Oh, almost did. I thought I'd, I generally thought I'd torn my knee ligaments. No joke, guys. I, I, I thought I was done. And I was like, typical me to rupture my knee ligaments two days before I go on a holiday. Um, so I actually did a sensible thing. I injured myself and I stayed down for a bit. You know, got my breathing right, composed myself, did a few movements, exercises, then decided, hey, guys, I'm actually going to just go in goal for a bit rather than run around and just tell myself I'm fine. Because that's what I tend to do. I get injured, run around, tell myself I'm fine because I don't want to face the fact that I'm actually hurt. And then I hurt myself more because I'm such an alpha. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I thought, no, I'm going to calm it down i'm gonna go sit in goal for a bit not give it 110 percent because there's no need it's a kickabout and you need your legs and you've got stuff to do and you've got a child so i was like all right and um i was fine i was fine but i wasn't fine in the sense of what what happened was i had to uh i tried to jump around someone yeah so imagine you're running and then they've stepped in a position. You, you're literally jumping around and moving midair. And as I've done that, it's like I've put my focus towards the left-hand side of me while my right leg was just going towards the ground. And I, it's like I'd lost coordination, lost... Like my, my brain disconnected and forgot I had a right leg. So it was just driving towards the ground as I was trying to run the other way. And I planted my toe first. Yep rolled my ankle while doing that my right leg was like dead straight like completely straight so i just felt this shocking pain go from my ankle through my knee right into my head and i was just like oh my fuck <laughs> it's like ah ah I was just thought, oh no, I've had this feeling before where I feel a bit sick. It was like a quick lightning bolt through, and I was like, oh no, I've I've hurt myself here. I've really hurt myself. Um, but I hadn't, clearly I hadn't. But then, um, then as I was running it off, I realised that uh, my hip was hurting, and my rib. If, if I haven't mentioned this on the pod before, I've got a really short to- torso and the gap between my rib and my hip is so small, it's freakishly small, um, that I can actually bash my rib into my hip, into my pelvis. I'm not sure if I've got either a, 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 a tall pelvis or too many ribs, I don't know, but it's a thing. <laughs> It's a thing, and um, yeah. It, it, uh, so I bashed my ribs into my hip. What a thing to do! You know what I mean? What a special thing to do! And um, so now my ribs hurt. Hey, how good's that? So rib hurts, knee hurts, 
Um, and I'm just a, I'm just an old man. I'm just an old man who probably should retire from playing football, but I never will. I never will. Someone told me you should play sports until you physically cannot play anymore. Because once you stop, you just get fat. And I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm going to quit booze again after this holiday as well. It's an all-inclusive holiday, so I'm going to drink on the holiday. All right. I was not going to drink like a madman because I've got to look after my child. But, um, but yeah. Good. After that as well. Let's get back into shape. You know, we've all had fun. Let's all, let's all get back into shape now. That's going to do. Right, what, what has been going on in the world? I've just been chatting about myself for 20 minutes. Um, I don't think I've seen anything news. Boxing, I mean, it's just sport I've been talking about. Boxing, and watch Haney versus Cambosis. got to say Haney now first. Cambosis first because he was the champion, but Haney's the champion now. So, watch that. That was great. And what else? Um, what else has happened? In the world, uh, um, no, do what I haven't seen anything actually proper newsworthy. I mean, see Mariah Carey's about to get sued for all I want for Christmas 20 years over 20 years. This guy's taken to try and sue her, and now he's bringing the lawsuit. Now, I think I believe Mariah. That's just a hint. Why wouldn't you go for the biggest Christmas song if you are going to sue someone? Yeah, I wrote that song. No, you didn't, mate. Shut up. It'd be a shame if he did and he's just been, you know, so mentally fucked by it that he uh, he's only got himself around to suing them now. <laughs> That'd be sad, right? Um, but, yeah, you just, you naturally think, yeah, you're chatting shit, mate. No way. No way you could have this song get as big as it did. And you're just like, yeah, that's my song. You're just a guy in the corner of the pub. Everyone's like, well, shut up, Keith. It's, like, it's my song. I wrote it. Shut up. So, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Had that. Um, yeah, Wales beat, um, Wales beat Ukraine. Pull off 5-4. The World Cup, so the neutrals were upset, but Welsh people aren't upset and the Arabs aren't upset either. Tell you what, Arabs are sick and tired of everyone being sympathetic to the refugees of Ukraine without being sympathetic to them. They're like, hey, we want Wales to win. Come on, boyos. I was about to, um, <laughs> I was about to do some kind of a. Uh, mock Arabic but then uh, I realise I can't speak Arabic and I don't want to smoke I mean I'll do that shit on stage but I <laughs> I'm not doing it on the recorded that gets taken out of context you're nuts so no um, right let's see what else I mean I've got just other trivial stories um, that are just aren't real news um so no let's have a quick look on twitter so my you know just as professional as i am quick look on t- twitter 
Um, that's a cool tweet. I like it. I'm, I'm gonna. But that's not what I'm here for. Someone just talking shit into existence. Oh, day, tell you what. To a shout out to bloody um, Axel Blake, mate. Axel Blake. Uh, winning Britain's Got Talent. He's one of the mandem. Yeah, he's one of the comedy mandem. And shout out to him. Um, I didn't watch it. Um, that's how I watch Britain's Got Talent. Uh, just how far the black comedian I know is doing. So when Kojo did well, I just knew how far he'd got. But yeah, flipping. He did it, mate. And in the biography, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm featuring in it. Just, just a small part. When he needed to find some mainstream gig so he could perform in front of white people. So he could test that his material does work. <laughs> Guess who found him some? Me. Darren Griffiths. So when it's in the book when he says, oh, I was looking for gigs and I asked my fellow comedians, I'm, I'm fellow comedian. All right. I'm, I'm everyone's hero story. I'm there somewhere. I'm there. So I'm part of it. I'm part of the journey. I'm part of, I'm part of the winning team. Some of you are saying, Darren, I feel, feel like you're talking, like you're talking your, uh, your involvement up a bit here. No, no. If it wasn't for me finding these gigs, me, these vital gigs, would he have won Britain's Got Talent? Maybe. But we can't be sure, can we? What we do know is that I did get him those gigs. And he did win. So, I kind of won Britain's Got Talent. It, that's that's fair, right? I... I I think so. I'm not hearing you object, people. I think that's fair. I think I won Britain's Got Talent as well. We That's our victory. <laughs> but jokes aside, it is our victory. When I say ours, I mean black comedy, man. Uh, just way Mo's, what Mo's doing. Axel winning this. They're the same like class. They're the same like cohort. Man. They're all around the same. Well, we're all around the same age as each other. But I didn't start comedy with those guys. They all started around the same time. Um, and it's just flipping sick. It's sick, man. It's so good. And then you've got just comics that maybe haven't got the the the, the same profile as these guys at the moment. They're still doing bits, man. Shout out to Travis. Shout out to Ori. Um, yeah, they're just all all doing all doing their thing. It's just good. It's good to see it all coming to to fruition for these guys. Loving it. Generally, genuinely loving it. It's good. It's good to be happy for other people. It's, it's a nice feeling that you can genuinely be happy uh, for other people. Because there's good, all nice people, man. All good guys off stage as well. And obviously, funny as fuck. Proper funny. Right. Let's um. Let's get into them, dear dear. Because I'm looking at these bloody uh. Fuck it up. Um. <laughs> oh, Conservative MPs trigger a vote of confidence. Um, in Boris Johnson's leadership. Wait, is this a vote of no confidence or a vote of confidence? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, 
We've got the tube strikes going on. I have avoided that. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, Ashanti's in the country, guys. So, you mean, stop listening to his pod to go find us. I think she was in Manchester the other day. Um, I'm not even going to look at her picture. I want to focus on this pod. Uh, so let's see, Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of the 1922 Committee of Backbench Tory MPs, has confirmed that the threshold of 15% of the parliamentary party seeking a vote of confidence in the leader of the Conservative Party has been exceeded and that a vote on Johnson's leadership will be held from 6pm to 8pm on Monday evening. A spokesperson for Down the Street has said that Johnson welcomes the opportunity to make his case to MPs. Listen, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, this is what's happening. The reason for this vote is to stop people talking about this vote. He is going to smash this out the park and he will have, and then therefore it's a, it's official that he's got the confidence of the party and he'll take them forward. He'll take them forward and then it'll become the next election and guess what? He'll probably win. The guy's unstoppable. He's flipping Teflon. I'm telling you. The man is Teflon. Unstoppable. Um, irreproachable, it seems. He just uh, do what he wants. Literally do what he wants. He's like a baby. <laughs> Give the guy so many blights. And I say we. As a country, as a nation. I mean, that's the thing about democracy, right? It's not all of us, because lots of people don't like him, lots of people didn't vote for him, but then he is technically our Prime Minister, so our systems clearly don't work, right? Clearly don't work, clearly not fit for purpose. So we're in the position we're in, where this guy is just... um, yeah, it just seems unstoppable to me. Just unstoppable. And um, I think he's that's my prediction. So if I get this pod out, people people know that I'm a genius. Um, that I predicted this so accurately. That this guy is the Teflon Don. This can't be stopped. Because the amount of much stuff he's done is only now it's got to this point. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like when you talk to your friend who's in a uh, shitty relationship and they're moaning to you about their partner and you're just like, this ain't new what you're telling me, man. So you saying it's over? Yeah, you've said that so many times. I don't care anymore. All right? Stay with her. Don't stay with her. Don't give a shit, mate. Just want to know, are you coming out this Saturday? That's all. Yeah, you, know I mean? you, just, you just lose all sympathy for these people. That's what it is. Anyway, that's uh, there you go. I've got you some real news, some real politics, and my my view on that. Um, UK agrees to give long-range missiles to Ukraine as Zelensky uh, visits the front line. Okay, we're involved. We're involved. And Liz Truss is most likely to be the next Tory leader. Um, that'll be three women that um. 
the Conservative Party have had as MPs, as an as PM, sorry. Whereas um, Labour have never even had the female leader of their party. It's so funny in these parties, man. Where it's just like you think one is for one thing and one's the other, but then the the evidence shows the other way. Like I've, I'm gonna say I haven't checked this, but I think like the Conservative Party have more MPs from like ethnic minorities in their cabinet. Do I think Labour have had? Again, you see what I mean? It's like one's for the people, but is it really? But then obviously all those MPs for Conservative Party are all Eton, Oxbridge. Harris, so it doesn't matter if you're black or brown, you're, you're the same person. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got, you probably got more in common with, you know, Gary, Dave and Alan down the road than probably Quasi Quarte. Telling you. Anyway, let's um, let's uh, get on to Dear Deirdre because um, yeah, because that's that's what we that's what we do in this pod. Come on, you bloody! Come on, come on, come on! So like I said, going on holiday on Tuesday, so the next pod will be from abroad. And um, we'll see. We'll see how that's going. It'll be fun. It's the first time we're taking the little one away. Three of us are going abroad. Um, I messed up the hotel, but I didn't completely mess it up. Um, I'm so focused on the kitchen. There has to be a kitchen or a kitchenette that, you know, when you just end up having too many tabs open, you swap one for the other, you change this thing, you change that thing, then boom, you've ended up with a hotel room that has a kitchen, but in that kitchen is a fridge. There's no hob. Uh, no, there's no sink. The reason we wanted a um, a kitchen was simply because um, my daughter has allergies, so we wanted to be able to prepare some meals in case the restaurant wasn't able to um, look out for the little Juan. Sorry, I don't know what I was just saying. Pod interrupted so rudely. By my wife. <laughs> Asked me something very sensible. Um, well, actually, what, let me just tell you guys. Let's let's see what you would have done in this dilemma. So she's at a baby class, right? And she said, Darren, something weird just happened to me. I go, what? So this woman, she... Uh, you know, when you take a picture in the baby class of your baby, you try to avoid taking pictures of other people's kids. I'm like, yep, makes perfect sense. And she goes, then this woman took a picture of... Um, of Zadie and said oh let's if you want to copy the picture let's swap numbers she goes what would you have done and I said um I would have said I want you to delete the photo but it's one of those ones where that's what I think I would say while I'm sat in this room and um, but if I've sat next to this person for the hour and been chatting to them um I would probably have just taken their number and that's what she did and I was like as such a funny thing as humans right that these comfort these tricks you get tricked into doing something she goes yeah i think she's just a bit of a weirdo where she doesn't know how to say i want to be your friend uh, so she did that i was like let's hope so <laughs> let's let's hope that's the reason so she's not totally nuts hey eh? 
Hey, have uh, no. All right, cool. But um, yeah, it's just a bit weird, that isn't it? But not not too weird. You know, we'll we'll be all right. Um, anyway, let's um let's get to this dear Deirdre so then I can get back to doing what I'm meant to be doing because I'm not meant to be talking to you guys <laughs> that's for sure right um, let's get dear Deirdre fired up dear Deirdre I'm sure my wife cheated on a night out I found her used pregnancy test that's that's not what one doesn't lead to the other but let's read on maybe you're not crazy um, dear Deirdre, when I discovered the used pregnancy test in the drawer, my heart sank. Not only have I had a vasectomy, dum, dum, I told you there'd be a reason that he's not crazy. Um, not only have I had a vasectomy, but my wife and I haven't had sex in months. Jum, jum, jum. Maybe someone else's pregnancy test. Nah. Um, the receipt showed it was bought three weeks after she had been on a night out. So I can only assume she cheated. Bad bucked. Thinking back to that night, it was strange. She went for a shower as soon as she got home, even though it was the early hours. My mind just went sinister because I've been watching Netflix dramas. Um, oh, fucking hell. I was, it was all fun and games. This is what happens when you watch too many serious things. I was like, oh, she cheated. Ah, I thought, ah, no, what if she'd been a victim of assault, rape? And naturally, she's had a shower because that's what you do. You know, you just feel dirty. Um, and then she's had a pregnancy test because she's like, maybe I just don't need to tell him this has happened. Let's see. Let's see how her behaviour is in the rest of this thing. If she's she's acting a bit weird, then I guess you could act weird if you cheated, but you would definitely act weird if you know you'd been a victim of that. But then, um, oh, fucking, please lighten it up. <laughs> Let's go. Um, think back tonight. It was strange. She went for a show as soon as she got in, even though it was in the early hours. I'm 42. My wife is 38. We've been together for 50 years and have three children, aged 10, 8, and 6. Our marriage has become loveless over the last four years. My wife has all but turned her back on us. But even before that, our sex life only happened when she wanted it. We couldn't have sex in case the kids heard us or because it was too late at night or she was too tired. There was endless excuses. When I confronted her about the test, she said it belonged to a friend who forgot to take it home. That's nasty. That's nasty. Her explanation was plausible, but I didn't believe it. Nah. Nah. You've got to take this home. Actually, wait, is, it, is, the, is the test negative? I assume it's negative, right? Why don't you just dash it away? I don't understand why you'd keep... I don't understand why you keep a positive pregnancy test, but why you keep a negative one? Um, in this scenario, anyway. We argued about it again for a few weeks later. This time she admitted she thought she was pregnant with my child until I reminded her that I had to snip five years ago and it would have been a miracle conception as we hardly ever had sex. She couldn't answer and walked out saying she needed to get some air. Oh, <laughs> not God, that's... No, that's funny. <laughs> Not to do stereotypes, but that is such a... No, the female response would be to cry. Actually, what? That's a lie. It's not a female response. I'm not just trying to be 
um, a nice guy. Because crying is just anger. This is anger you've been caught out. And as men, if you lie, you ain't got anything to say. You just get angry. Or the actual stereotype is bad just to say wow really slowly when he has nothing to say. Wow. So you, you really think that I was cheating? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's not denying it. He's, wow. That's all he's got. He's buying his time. Um, so, yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, let's see where it goes. She stayed with her best mate that night and refused to talk about it when she returned in the morning. Brilliant. Since then, she's really pulled away from me. She hardly looks at me. And yesterday, I, I literally had to beg her for a hug. I've moved into the spare room. Why? She needs to move into the spare room. She's cheated as you thought she got pregnant. Because do fair, until she says otherwise, you're okay to assume she's cheated. Maybe open it up. Maybe open it up and say, were well, you assaulted? And then if she's got any moral conscience, if she wasn't, she cannot possibly say, yes, I was. Um, I've moved into spare room. As long as I continue to pay the bills, she doesn't care. I'm so depressed. Brother, like, what is happening? How are you paying the bills and you're in the spare room? What is happening here? I don't understand that. I've said this to me so many times. If we argue, I'm not sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never be so mad at you, I wouldn't want to sleep next to you. All right? I like my bed. I don't even care. Yeah, it's not about being next to you. I like. I want to be in my bed. So if you're mad at me, you find somewhere else to sleep. Jeez. Um. Okay, so grateful. So ungrateful, sorry. I forgave friend for cheating with my husband and she still isn't happy. I don't understand what's happening here. Dear Deirdre, a friend who briefly had a fling with my husband is now playing the victim after I forgave them both. I don't get it. Whenever we have our weekly catch-up, she has the nerve to complain that seeing me and him together so regularly is affecting her mental health. She needs to eat an out-of-date prawn sandwich. If we bump into her in the village, she sometimes tries to ignore us. How do you get? How do we get our friendship back on track? Don't forget her. She's done. I'm 34. My husband's 36, and we're still together. He's trying to make it up to me, being very kind, patient, and loving. He seems to have forgotten what he did, um, and is just so pleased we're together. Okay. Um, I'm happy too, but also constantly reminded of what they did and try to and trying to deal with the pain. I'm the one with the broken heart. Um, so. Did he say he seems to have forgotten or seems to not have forgotten? He seems to have forgotten. I mean, that is the best way to actually, you know, move on. Is just to kind of act like nothing's happened. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he's making amends. He's, and to be fair, from what you said, it seems like you'd be happy if you didn't have to keep on dealing with your mate. So maybe you just got to bin your mate off. Especially if you've now, you've picked... Your husband over your mate. So just. Spin her off right. You just need to do. Just just, just spin her off. It's fine. She doesn't need to be around anymore. She brings nothing to you. 
Uh, you know she's she has potential to sleep with your husband. It's just been her off. Find some other right. Maybe it's one of those ones. She's like your only mate. Even then, if that's your only mate, get new friends again. Um. Yeah, that's all I can say to you. Get new friends. When you, well, actually, when you get to certain age, you don't want new friends. So, um, sorry, man. All right, let's get. Let's just move on to something else. All right. Um, that doesn't even seem like a dilemma. So I'm not even gonna bother reading that. Girlfriend is expecting another man's child and wants to be with him. Okay, then that's what that is. Let's see what the dilemma is there. Um, Jesus, that one's mad. Um, right. There you go. Scary step. This is a good one. All right. I feel peer pressure to move out of my parents' home. Dear Deirdre, I'm so anxious about moving out of my family home. All I think about is what might go wrong. I'm a man of 27 and still live with my parents. If I tell people, I feel like they judge me. Yeah, some do. Some don't care. Here it is. When you live with your parents, you've got to have some kind of thing going on to show you. You have to. It has to be justified, right? That's a fact. That is part of the pressure. It has to be justified. You can't just simply be living at home with your parents. See, it has to be a thing of, oh, it's a temporary thing. Oh, it's this, it's that. You know, there's, there's, there has to be a, a reason. You can't just simply be living at home because you bloody choose to. No, no. <laughs> Don't be so silly. No, no, no. You can't just live at home because you choose to because it's your life and you do what you want. No, 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 no. You, What's, what's your reason, mate? What are, you, what are you doing that for? So, um... Yeah, what's saying? Um, so it's part of that, but then there's other part where people just don't care. But I guess if your justification is like makes you look good, oh, I'm saving for a house, saving for a deposit. Everyone's like, ah, oh, fair enough. That guy's sensible. Shame he lives with his parents. But that that ain't sensible to do that. I mean, um, oh, I'm I'm back home. Temp- I'm going traveling next year, so. Just saving up money for that. Like, as long as you've got some goal, but if you're just at home, just staying at home, then I think that's when you, you receive the judgment, right? Doesn't you know, I've got a girlfriend, she lives at home. We're, again, it's just saving. There's some kind of next step in your head. But if you're just in the room playing PlayStation, asking mum what's for dinner, it's just not the one. Um, they must think I'm a loser, but I'm scared to move out on my own. I had a bad experience when I lived away at university. I got lonely and depressed. I don't want to risk that again. I'm also played by rational worries of how I'd afford the rent if I lose, if I lost my job or if the company I work for goes bust. I mean, it's not irrational. Um, but it doesn't really seem worth you moving out, mate, if, it's, uh, if that's how you're feeling about it. This sounds agonising. So I would say stay at home. Stay at home. But get some help. Get some help. Um, But I'm telling you, you start meeting some women who 
want to bang, but the only reason they're not bang is because they live at home and they've got four older brothers. They're crazy. Do you, can we come back to yours? Do you're like, uh, well, I live at home too. That happens to you a few times. You're going to be like, let me move out, big man. <laughs> anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Let's get this posted and uploaded. All right. Um, like I said, next week I'll be abroad. Um, so, yeah, be a pod from overseas. I'll speak to you guys then. Um, and maybe uh, being away will make me look at the news more. Yeah, I'll see if I can get on this plane. Bloody easy jet. We'll see if, uh, if I can get on. They already emailed me today to get get there two and a half hours before my flight time. What? I'm flying at eight in the morning. I've got to be there at half five. I'm going to Gatwick. I've got to drive to Gatwick. That means I'm leaving my house at about half quarter past four in the morning. I feel like I'm going to vomit. <laughs> All of this with a damn baby as well. Lord God. We'll see how it goes. All right, people. Yeah, we'll find out on the next pod how it goes. All right. Peace.